Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Goodbye baseball, a walk-off winner from Mitch Hattiger. Swing, line, drive, this game is over! Oh! Goodbye baseball, Mitch Hattiger ties it up here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Hey, welcome back, Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Thanks for being here. Happy Friday. Hopefully you're looking forward to a good weekend. Mariners didn't get off to a great start on their weekend against Minnesota in game one of the four-game series. So look to bounce back tonight. Very good podcast for you. We'll talk about the game last night, get you ready for the weekend. We'll also hear from one of the newest Mariners, Parker Markell, who has a pretty interesting story to tell about how he got here. Shannon Dreher sits down with him, so that comes up in a few minutes. And also something I've been wanting to play for a couple of weeks now and finally getting to it. Uh, when we were in Cleveland, we had some great conversations regarding Larry Doby, one of the all-time heroes in Major League Baseball. And we're going to talk to uh, we're going to talk about Larry Doby. So that is a piece that will come up in a few minutes. Hopefully you'll enjoy that, as, uh, including uh, in that piece is a conversation with Larry Doby from a few years, years ago with Rick Riz. So. It's a, it's a great conversation and one I hope you enjoy. So that comes up in a few minutes. So last night, the Mariners and Twins game one of the series. We talked about it going in. There's a chance we could see some long balls, two of the top three home run hitting teams in the major leagues. And it was really Minnesota who got the ball rolling offensively. They built a huge 9-1 lead after a 7-run fourth inning. The 2-1 on the way to Buxton. Swing and a fly ball into center field. Smith going back to the one track near the wall. Looks up. Goodbye baseball. Byron Buxton with a 3-run home run. And the Twins now lead it 8-1 here in the top of the fourth for Buxton. His third home run of the season for the Twins. Their fourth home run of the game. Yeah, four home runs for Minnesota. Mariners also had four. And the Twins have the shift on for Vogelback. Here's the pitch. Swung on. Well hit ball. Deep to right center field. Going, going. Goodbye baseball. Daniel Vogelback with his 12th home run of the season. He is now homered in three consecutive games. Hanniger and Encarnacion in front of Daniel Vogelback. And it's now the Twins 10 and the Mariners 6. How about that? 
Twins would tack on another, and the ninth Mariners would get no closer. 11-6 to the final big offensive day for Minnesota. Pineda as well got the start. The former Mariner, three runs in seven innings. Tough night for Eric Swanson. Three innings, nine hits, eight runs earned, four homers along the way. Bullpen coughed up a couple runs as well. So the Twins take game one in thundering fashion. Now 28-15 and 15 on the year, 11-6. Twins get the win. Here's Scott Service after the game. Yeah, um, you know, I knew coming into the ball game tonight, Minnesota's been been hot. They've been swinging the bat pretty well, and they're a good fastball hitting team, and, and that's kind of Swanee's pitch. And um, you know, they they got on them pretty good. Uh, the fourth inning got away from us, obviously. I think we gave them six outs in that inning, and that you know really really turned the game. You can't give a team like that you know that many free outs. So um, you know, I, I think with, with Swanee, you see some some signs, you know. Be a couple hitters. You see the good fastball. I actually saw a little bit better slider tonight, but just the consistency of putting it together and, and locating it uh, to get through a, a lineup is, was a challenge for him tonight. Alex's error was a costly one in terms of pitches thrown in that inning. How much was that? It, the ball knuckled on him a little bit and then hit his glove. How much of that was change of direction and just getting back out in, in this ballpark? Yeah, there's, there's no doubt that the ball was knuckling a little bit, but um, I'm sure Malik would agree it's it's a ball that's got to be caught. Uh, again, that, that fourth inning we gave him, you know, there was a play at first base. We threw home you know, a ball in the outfield. They got away from from Domingo. Not an easy play, but you know, plays at, at this level really need to have made, um, keeping pitch counts in check and, and keeping the game rolling along. And certainly, it, it got up on us in the, in the fourth inning tonight. So how does he? How does Swanson combat that? His fastball is his best pitch. They're a good fastball hitting team. Is it all about location? Seems he got a lot of play on some of them. He did. Yeah, it is about location. You still have to. You know, you can still use your best pitch. You have to. Uh, but uh, keeping it out of the middle of the plate. And, and Swanee's fastball's got some ride on it. It's got to be at the top of the zone or above. You know, if it is down, it's going to be at the bottom. You can't be in the middle. And that's kind of where some of them were tonight. So, uh, uh, again, um, he's a young pitcher. Uh, I do like the fact that Eric Swanson does not back off. Uh, he continues to hammer the strike zone, goes after him, um, and that's a really good sign. That's one of the things, you know, with a young pitcher, once you start getting hit around a little bit, all of a sudden they do back off, and he continues to be aggressive and going after him, but the location of his pitches has to be more consistent. You mentioned before the game that part of that aspect of going back in the strike zone together, part was an adjustment start to start. Is he going to get that chance to make that adjustment? You know, we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll continue to talk about it. I think you have to look at you know where he's at in his career, and he's in a spot here. We brought him up. Um, you know, and he's had some good starts. He's had some some patches that have been very good, very impressive. You say, hey, this guy's got a bright future ahead of him. But the consistency is the big thing. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it here in the next few days and see where he's at going forward. Four homers of your own. That's a, it's tough to lose a game when you home. Unfortunately, they home run a few times too, Greg. Um, you know, so uh, coming into this series, I, I felt there was going to be some runs scored. Um, certainly, they got a good lineup uh, offensively. You know, we have done some things as well as far as hitting the ball out of the park. So um, it's going to be about pitching and defense here the rest of the series. You got to make the plays. Anytime you give them extra outs, you know they put big, big crooked numbers up there. So uh, you know, offensively, obviously Malik's got one. JP hits one out. Uh, Vogie, big homer. You know, we certainly uh, Healy gets another one. Um, some good signs there, but uh, you know, unfortunately, other than than uh, uh, Vogies, there wasn't a whole lot of guys on base tonight. So we'll get back at them tomorrow. I thought, you know, we played a couple of really good games. Get Oakland had the bad inning early in the ball game tonight, and then couldn't get back after that.
What's the state of the bullpen right now? Um, you know, we'll have guys available tomorrow. There, there's no question. Marco goes for us, and you know, Elias and, and Brennan are fresh, and Adams will be fresh, so we'll be fine. So there it is, Scott Service after the game last night. And as you mentioned, Marco Gonzalez goes tonight, 7-10 first pitch. A very familiar face. Martin Perez will take the ball for the Twins tonight. Wade LeBlanc makes his return Saturday, 7-10. Barrios, who's pitched like an ace this year for Minnesota, he will go for the Twins. And then Sunday, 1-10 first pitch wraps up the homestand. Kikuchi against Kyle Gibson. In the finale of the series, Mariners still a chance to get the series, but they have to take the next three to do it. And that will not be easy against this high-powered Minnesota team. And speaking of high-powered, Nelson Cruz made his return as he got a nice welcome from the fans on hand. He did not play last night. He's dealing with a sore wrist. Chances are he will be in the lineup tonight, and that's according to Nelson Cruz. Excited, you know, um, good memories, great years, uh, uh, fine years with the fans, uh, my teammates, you know, um, great runs, um, and uh, sometimes a little bit of sadness too, you know. Yeah. yeah. What's your fondest memory here? I mean, you've had so much success here hitting home runs, driving and runs. You were such a part of the offense here. What, what stands out the most about your time in Seattle? Um, I think 2016, you know. We so close to make that run, you know, and we got eliminated two games before the season was over. So um, those moments that you play for something, that's the ones that stick the most. How's it going for you right now? I know you're injured. You're not going to be in the lineup tonight. I know you will be in the four-game series, but what's going on with your wrist? It's been sore for the last few days. Uh, I think I'll be able to pinch it today uh, if they need me. Um, And the plan is to play tomorrow. So expect Nelson Cruz back in the lineup. It'll be fun to see Nelson back here in Seattle. So Mariners and Twins tonight, 7-10. And pitching last night, Parker Markell, he made an appearance. And he has a very interesting story, does Markell. And Shannon Dreher, a chance to talk with the Mariners reliever. I wanted to catch up a little bit more with you, Parker. We're with Parker Markell right now. And just... Uh, just what a whirlwind day yesterday and and you look at the end of one journey the beginning of hopefully another one for you and how everything just came together in less than 24 hours the next thing you know you're on the mound at Fenway Park you've had a little bit of separation how do you just put all of that into perspective everything that happened yesterday um you know it's it's pretty wild I uh it's nice to be back home and just kind of relax and you know decompress a little bit but um Everything just happened so fast, you know. I got to Vegas when we were in, or when we were in Vegas for uh, playing the, the Oakland's affiliate actually um, in AAA, and um, got the call to you know go to the big leagues. And I was in the hotel room, so I went from Vegas to Atlanta to to uh, Boston, and you know it's it was just so quick. And I was traveling all day and getting there, and then pitching and warming up, and finally getting into a game and. In my warm-up pitches, I didn't even really look on deck just because my adrenaline was <laughs> pumping so hard. But uh, then I look up, and Mookie Betts is getting in the box, and I'm like, oh, cool, this is a pretty cool first uh, first guy to face, you know, and 40 degrees and raining in Fenway is a pretty uh, surreal moment. Yeah, it was surreal for us, too, watching it. Just it's everybody's rooting for it. Any time a player comes up, their, their big league debut. Yours obviously took a while. What kept you going through, what, nine, ten years? Um. Honestly, you know, I've 
uh, it's been a wild ride. It's uh, been kind of a roller coaster journey, especially the last few years. And it's just one of those things that I've just been in love with the game since I was a little kid. And, you know, I post playing baseball career, I definitely want to do something within the game. Um, but that's, you know, way down the road. Um, as of now, you know, I'm just enjoying every day, you know, playing, trying to help the team win and um, just trying to execute my pitches. And I honestly, you know, I just, I love the game and kind of the fire with that, um, having that fire within me. And then also, you know, the support of my wife has helped out a lot as well. So, you know, having her support, especially the last few years, uh, have been kind of, they've, they've been kind of a grind the last few years. So, you know, just having her push me has definitely been the best part of it. We know we see it and I don't think a lot of people understand it, but when you're in the minors, a lot of that means having a second, even a third job. And your wife, I'm sure was a big part of that. What did you two do to keep going? Um, well, my wife, uh, gosh, she's done it all. She's, uh, you know, as as we both get older, you know, the more bills we get and, you know, the more stuff we got to pay for. So she worked a couple jobs. She was a uh, waitress for a little while at a, uh, at a restaurant in uh, Lake Pleasant in Arizona. Um, and then I, uh, man, I've, I've done a lot. I was a coach for a team uh, in Scottsdale uh, this last offseason, um, a 14 and under baseball team, which was fun. Um, and also, I in the mornings, I would uh, I was on a hot air balloon crew. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. What'd yeah. you do? Tell us more. Um, so basically, basically, <laughs> I just helped set it up um, in the mo- early in the morning, crack it on. Um, it's about a five, six hour day. Um, they're up in the air for about an hour and a half. So just set it up. Uh, follow them for about an hour and a half, catch them, break it down, put it away. Um, but it was a really fun job, honestly. I, the people I work with were awesome, and it was just a super positive environment to be around. How often did you go up? I never have gone up. Are you afraid? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> there's, there's, I've, trust me, there's plenty of opportunities. Every time the guy would be like, hey, you want to go up? I'm like, nope, not today. Nope, not today. Nope. Every, every day he asked. He said, nope, not today. But, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's it's one of those things, you know, that kind of put a perspective on, you know, um, just life in general, putting baseball aside and just working normal jobs like that and grinding through the minor leagues to pay bills. And, um, yeah, you know, it's it's made me a better person, definitely. What do you remember about the bullpen in Boston? That it was very crammed because we were all trying to stay dry. <laughs> we uh, didn't have much seating down there, so, you know, we were all under the little awning and um, I remember that, and then I also remember uh, a couple fans kind of wearing me out when I was getting loose. Somehow they knew it was my debut, so they were kind of wearing me out a little bit. But, you know, it's part of the game, and after a little while, you just get immune to it. So, you know, I between that and just the adrenaline, the feeling of trying to slow everything down pretty much for me was the main thing. And I mean, right, the heart of the order, too. You mentioned you look up, and there's Mookie Betts, and then... You've got the rest of that order to contend with. Then you've got an umpire who gets hit. And then, I mean, that is the most, that's not a normal first inning. No, no. uh, You know, everything was going up great to that point. Um, Stuff felt really good. And, you know, that little little delay of the umpire getting hit, um, you know, for me, felt like a very long time just because it's my first time out there um, at this level. And, um, but, you know, it's part of the game, you know, got to give him time to kind of get his bearings back. And, I think we did a good job of that, me and Omar, and, um, you know, getting back up there. And I just, you know, after a situation like that, competing for that third out, I think is the most important thing to do. Now a chance to celebrate Larry Doby.
Jackie Robinson. The great Larry Doby. His story is one of determination, sacrifice, struggle, and triumph. Just 11 weeks after Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in Major League Baseball, Larry Doby became the second black player in Major League Baseball and the very first in the American League. Cleveland Indians vice president and longtime Larry Doby friend, Bob DiBiasio. The history of Larry Doby, I think one thing people need to truly understand, uh, it was just 11 weeks after Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier and he was thrust into the Cleveland Indians clubhouse in Comiskey Park as a 22-year-old. Um, Branch Rickey had a plan uh, for Jackie Robinson, had identified through a number of athletes that Jackie would be a guy who could handle the trouble that he was about to face. And so he brought him in in 1946 and Jackie's uh, in Montreal, probably the most cosmopolitan city in North America at that time, playing with teammates, and then comes for another spring training in 47 and makes the team. Larry Doby is a Newark Eagle playing second base, and Bill Veck buys his contract, and all of a sudden, early July, uh, he's in the Comiskey Park Clubhouse as we're on the road to play the White Sox. So people truly, I think, need to understand um, what Larry Doby went through, that it, it, it wasn't uh, as uh, uh, organized, structured plan to integrate. He was just taken off the roster of the Newark Eagles by Bill Veck and thrust onto the Cleveland Indians and uh, played in all the same cities, uh, but two. The American League was in two different cities than, uh, than the National League at that time. And for Larry Doby, the first challenge presented was by his own clubhouse. To walk in that clubhouse and to, to, to be greeted as cold as I was, and, and, you know, and being 22 years old and not facing that kind of situation before, although I was told that these type of things would happen, I didn't really believe it. But when it happened, uh, I, I, felt, I felt bad about it. And then, of course, uh, I, I, learned, I, I learned through the years to, to, uh, to, to put it aside and not focus on that kind of situation because if you did, it might deteriorate you from what you're supposed to do as far as being successful as a player. When, when you put your hand out and, and uh, no hand comes back, it, it's just it's a funny feeling, you know. But I, I, one of the things I think that's so important with that, that type of situation was, was never a point where I, I, I was bitter or never a point where I gained, uh, got to any point where I hate. Uh, I, I, I sort of look at that as a thing where they would have to learn what kind of person I am and maybe that would help them and maybe that would make, make them change. But I wasn't going to get myself involved in any type of situation where it was going to bother me as far as uh, being able to perform. I think that kind of a thing made you give you just more, more determination to be successful. The stories are not as widely told, but Larry Doby went through the same devastating hardships as Jackie Robinson. I don't think you or I have any concept of what they went through. Yeah. Neither of those men. We have, we can think we know by... For example, me reading up on it and understanding, you know, Branch Rickey. And the reason I know Branch Rickey is I'm an Ohio Wesleyan University graduate. So was Branch <laughs> Rickey. He integrated 
the Ohio Wesleyan baseball team in like 1903 and always felt as a graduate assistant coach on the baseball team and always felt that there was some day he was going to make an impact like this if he was able to get into baseball. Mm. 40-some years later, he's president of the Brooklyn Dodgers and does it. The story of Larry Doby being number two, um, it just doesn't get, uh, as we said at the outset, uh, the attention that it deserves. Uh, They both went through things that you and I could not imagine. But Larry Doby was determined to succeed on the field. My thinking was always, I'm going to be successful. And I think it came from basic foundation I had, that I had success in all athletics. I never thought for one moment that I couldn't play baseball. Now, if somebody say, well, did you say baseball compared to Major League Baseball, Negro Baseball? No, baseball. And uh, I, I had that feeling, and I never thought for one moment that I couldn't play play baseball, and I never thought for one moment that whatever the obstacles were, that you couldn't overcome them. And, and I think the important thing about this whole situation as far as success baseball is concerned, you'd work hard at it. You've been fortunate enough to play in a league where there were good players. That was a part of it. And by being able to play in that league with good players and then going to major leagues, you're playing against the Majos and the Reynolds and and the Rashes and all those kind of guys. And you saw the same kind of guys in the Negro Leagues, but just a, just a different color skin, that's all. And succeed he did. A Hall of Famer, a seven-time All-Star, and helped the Cleveland Indians win the 1948 World Series. There goes a fly ball towards left field. Going back fast is Kennedy. Kennedy gets there, and he takes it. And the Cleveland Indians are the world's champions of 1948. And they are leaping joyously as they go off the field. Bearden is being mobbed as our Lou Boudreaux. In Game 4 of that World Series, Larry Doby became the first black player to hit a home run in the World Series. The stern-looking Johnny Sane ready. He's into the windup. Around comes the right arm, the pitch, an overhand fastball swung on. Hit high and deep in the right center field. The ball is going, going. It is gone. The first home run. Larry Doby just teed off for the first home run of the 1948 World Series. A long, high drive in the right center that cleared the 380-foot side. But it was something that happened after the game that had an enormous impact. Steve Gromick, the starting pitcher that day, threw a complete game in the 2-1 to win over the Boston Braves. Gromick and Doby hugged each other in the clubhouse, smiling broadly, cheek to cheek, as a photograph was taken by the plain dealer of Cleveland and transmitted to newspapers throughout the country. The picture spoke volumes. That if we work together... We can be successful as people. That you certainly, that wasn't a movie script. Mm-hmm. That is certainly came from inside. It had to come from inside. You, you couldn't uh, get to the point where you said, well, you've got to rehearse this kind of situation. Uh-huh. It was done in terms of how you felt. He, he, he uh, got, got into more trouble about it than I did. <laughs> <laughs> when he went back home, he, he had some problems with some of his, his friends back home in terms of wh- what are you doing hugging so-and-so and so-and-so. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when, when you see that kind of – that is one of the most proud moments of, of my career. Certainly signing a contract got me to that moment. But once you see that kind of situation, 
it shows you that uh, he had been around me long enough now to make a judgment for himself as to what kind of person I was. He didn't have to get it from the dinner table or from somebody who got right. it from the dinner table. And uh, it, 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 it's one of the, the most bug by came from inside. It wasn't one of those phony type things. It was inside. And I, I, uh, I appreciate that. And, and one thing, I, I, you know, we talk about it. I talked to him about about a year ago. We always bring it up. <laughs> I, I, I said, how's the people in so-and-so and so He said, oh, everything's fine now. It's a lasting legacy for Doby in the country, in Major League Baseball, and especially in Cleveland, Ohio. Well, we have a statue out front of Larry, um, a remarkable man. We've retired his uniform number. There's probably five different community impact uh Uh, programs, uh, activities that are attached to his name, scholarships for young minority students to play baseball, um, fields in the city of Cleveland that we've renovated um, in his name, Uh, other scholarship funds uh, for kids to not only have an opportunity to play sports but to go to college. And so we feel an incredibly Uh, important for us to foster his legacy in Cleveland. One thing that he would always tell me that he never ever got booed in Cleveland, Ohio, and that meant the world to him. But you know, when you you look back at it, there's there's some good things happened to him. You know, and I think the good things that happened overshadowed all the bad things that had happened. So it's got got to make you feel that whatever the obstacles were and whatever you had to go through, this is shown and proven that people can get along, people can get together and do things. And if you look at this country, we're strong when all of us are involved. So I think this is this is one of the things that's been good in terms of baseball because if you look back at baseball, baseball is before civil rights, baseball is before Brown versus education. I think we were, were a learning project for this whole thing that's happened in terms of civil rights movement and Brown versus education. And, I, and it's, it's good to be able to say that because it's a fact. It's not fiction. It's no. not movies. It's a fact. The great Larry Doby, a Hall of Famer on the field, a Hall of Famer off the field. You know, it's a very tough thing to look back and think about things that were probably negative because you put those things on the back burner. You're proud and happy that you've been a part of integrating baseball to show people that we can live together, we can work together, we can play together, and we can be successful together. Scared, let Jackie walk. He stole second, third, and come home all along. Everybody 